0: God is good all the time. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise. Come on, everybody. My, 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 my. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I am so grateful for the spirit of worship that is prevalent in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't it great to have Rebecca back with us singing this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, my Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. We honor you and we praise you today. Thanking you, Jesus. Thanking you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen amen amen. Thank you God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the glory in name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you mighty God. We honor you Lord. We praise you Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you God. Thank you. God. That's right. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. <clears throat> praise the Lord. Amen. Um, two, um, two announcements that are in a bulletin that I want to uh, uh, make you aware of. The ladies outing their getaway is coming up the 19th through the 21st uh, of, um, of this month. They're uh, be headed out uh, on their, on the ladies' trip. So, uh, uh, if uh, if any of the ladies hadn't told Sister Casey that you would like to go, uh, see her with, uh, and she'll give you the information. This year, uh, they decided decided to combine the trunk or treat and the fall outing. That's going to be combined uh, together. One day on the 28th of um, uh, of October, uh, I think the uh, Trunk or Treat is going to be from 4 to 6. Yeah, they got it up there, the uh, 4 to 6 p.m., and then we will shut that part of it down uh, and move up to uh, outside the building up there where we'll have the bonfire, and where we'll have the uh, uh, roasting the hot dogs and the, uh, and all of that, and have a hayride, and uh, all all of that. Uh, f- for those that that's going to take part in the trunk or treat, and we need uh, we need people to be involved in that because we don't want to bring uh, uh, kids out and not them have enough uh, uh, you know uh, uh, trunks to get candy out of. And um, there, I think there is a, a sign up sheet back there just to let us know. Uh, uh, that you plan to participate uh, in that trunk or treat and uh, this is an outreach we're going uh, of the church we are going to uh, promote this uh, uh, bigger than what we had before Uh, we've got a couple of um, uh, apartment complexes up on top of the hill I'm going to check into trying to get some information out to the kids up there about that we're going to have some some of the inflatable the blow ups uh, for them uh, for that, and uh, so uh, looking for uh, just a great time of fellowship uh, on the 28th. So, everybody remember that, praise the Lord, amen. Mom, I'm gonna tell you, I've already mentioned it, but uh, the spirit of worship and praise has just been powerful in the house today, and I thank God for Praise the Lord. Uh, what we're going to be preaching about today definitely, definitely don't fit the service we're having here. Uh, but uh, we are we've been talking about the seven churches in Revelation, and um, uh, we're going to continue that. And by the way, we will be back in service tonight. Please uh, make uh, make that sacrifice to come out six o'clock. Uh, pastor will be ministering in, in tonight's service uh, and uh, God has already given me a, a message title that i'm going to be speaking on i'm going to be talking tonight the Lord willing on things that touch the heart of God and uh, a, a very special message that uh, uh, if if you're in love with Jesus, uh, just like if you fall in love with somebody on earth. You do things to try to touch their heart, try to win their heart. And uh we need to know that there's some things that we can do that touches the heart of God. And call and let me let me tell you something. You don't never touch God's heart unless He responds back to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean it ain't like it ain't like after you've been um uh, uh, married uh, 40, 50 years, and one of them tells the other, "Uh, honey, I love you. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, somebody. (laughs) Amen. When you touch the heart of God, he's going to respond back to you. Amen. And uh, we'll be ministering on that tonight. But this morning, we got to move right along. We've (laughs) we've been blessed already. And... uh, we're going to be speaking on the on the sixth message in this series, and uh, we're going to be talking about the church in Sardis. It's the title of our message: Sardis, the Church of the Living Dead. Now, for the past two or three years or better, I don't know. I don't know what the fa- uh, 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 the craze is. I ain't had the least desire to even cut it on and check it out. But I mean. This thing, this TV show about the uh, about the living dead, is just, you know, people have gone haywire over it. Uh, and uh, but we're going to talk about the Church of the Living Dead today. Um, I, before I get started and give you the scripture reading, I, w- I just want to, um, I want to give one more. I know she done had some confirmation. I feel like in my heart. But I want—I want to give um, surely a confirmation. Uh, First Lady and I've been talking about her this past week, and we've been concerned about her—a physical thing. But the devil's alive. God's going to give you what you need. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't serve God just for some pie in the sky or what's going to be in the sweet by and by. But I have a relationship with him right here and now. And like the song we sung a while ago, He is our provider. That <coughs> means He gives us everything that we need. You can trust Him. You can count on Him. Hallelujah! If you, brother, brother, Travis is talking about uh, 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 giving, giving. Uh, giving it your all, giving God your all, I guarantee you. Like I said a few minutes ago, when you, if you give your all to God, He's going to respond in turn, because His Word says, "With the same measure that you give, it's going to be meted back to you." Hallelujah! Glory to God. Let's get in. Let's get in this message. Revelation chapter three. We're going to be reading the first six verses. Hallelujah. Revelation 3, 1 through 6. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. That are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you uh, therefore if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. My my my. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot bought his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says, to the churches, Father God, we come this day, thanking you and praising you for what we've experienced already in this service. I ask God now for your presence, your anointing upon me to be able to minister. I ask God that you will speak to the hearts of the people today, and everything's accomplished. We we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. I'll let everybody say, Amen. "Amen," and you can be seated. Hallelujah. Studying these churches has really, it's, it's enlightened, not only to be able to catch a glimpse of seven churches that were back in the first century, but see how these seven churches paint a perfect picture of different epochs and dispensations of time that the church has gone through, from Pentecost up till the rapture transpires. Today we're, we're coming to a church that um, that's a little bit different than the rest of them so far. Their issues was a little bit different. Sardis, the city, was located... In West Central Asia Minor, about thirty or thirty-five miles southeast of Thyatira, it was, uh, in fact, the ancient capital of Lydia. History shows that they mined gold, and that money was minted there. For I don't know how many other history history buffs that we have beside myself, but I found it interesting that. The the coin, as we know it, was minted first in the city of Sardis. That's where it started. Before that time, <coughs> people used other things for currency. Uh, you know, if, if you recall, for a long, long time, uh, salt was used as a currency. You actually bought stuff with salt. And uh, But it was in Sardis that uh, uh, that coins was minted it is reported that there were sheer walls on three sides making the city virtually impregnable giving its citizens a strong sense of comfort and safety if he will put up the picture uh this this is a picture of a mountain, what's left of its slope, that the ancient city of Sardis was built upon. It's set up 1,500 feet high above the valley below. And they built on top of this walls around, all around it. And uh, it was, they thought, virtually impregnable giving its citizens a strong sense of comfort and safety. Because of that situation, they thought they didn't never have to worry about the enemy coming in and defeating them. But the city's massive walls were no match for King Cyrus of Persia You'll remember that name Cyrus. You'll find him in the book of Daniel. He was uh, one of the kings that, uh, that Daniel uh, served under. He captured the city around 546 B.C. Now, I want you to listen to this. Uh, I know this is uh, uh, just history stuff here, but it plays an important part in what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Tradition says that when the army surrounded this place, it seemed no way to be able to get in and invade it because of that situation. Uh, you got to think about there was no airplanes and helicopters and drones and nothing like that, and so... They they wondered, you know, you know the army did, how are we going to be able to do this? But a soldier in this massive rock formation in which it was basically sheer rock, this hillside was, there was a crevice in the rock hill up which he led a band of soldiers into that crevice and up into the summit and able to get inside and open up the gates for the rest of the armies to come in. And they took the city by surprise. And they were overthrown and defeated. Now, the problem was they didn't learn the lesson. You know the old saying is that... uh, uh if you don't learn from your mistakes you you you're going to you're going to repeat them the same situation almost 300 years later happened again this time the king's name was antiochus and he took the city the same way you see the the people in sardis had been caught napping each time it was taken. Now, I think you can see where I'm going to here. Hallelujah. They let slumber defeat them. Not uh, not the crack in the wall, but because of their sleeping. The city was known also for a great temple built to the false god, Artemis, And we can see uh, uh, the ruins of that temple Uh, I don't have a picture of that, but the ruins of that temple is twice as big as the Parthenon that we have here in Nashville. Now, apparently Sardis started out talking about the church now in the city. The church started out strong doing good works. As noted in the letter, they had a name, and uh, and he told them to strengthen the things that remain. There were some things that were dead, but there were some things that were dying. And he said he was writing to them that he could, they could stop They couldn't do nothing about what had already died and buried, but they could stop what was about to die. Hallelujah. Amen. They once had a whole lot more, but somehow they wavered or faltered. They failed to persevere. Sardis was apparently guilty of apathy and was suffering from her neglect and indifference of the need of revival. Apathy, indifference, spiritual slumber paints a picture of even a lot of apostolic churches in the world today. There seems to be a spirit of sleep that has gone over a lot of folks where there is no anointing of God there's not a voice of a prophet come on somebody hallelujah and they got to the, get to the point in the place that they just go along with the program and God is really not moving and nowhere around They become satisfied with the name and notoriety they had achieved for themselves. And they were, mm, hallelujah, help me Lord. They were too lazy to do the things necessary to keep revival active in their church. If you keep the fire's burning in your marriage, you're going to have to work at it. And if you keep the fire of God moving in your church, it takes work. Hallelujah. But we come, amen, apathetic, and we get lazy. We want to come in and flop on the pew. We don't want to stand. We don't want to get out of the pews. Thank God we had plenty of people out along the front today worshiping the Lord. But you don't see that enough. We got so many people. Hallelujah. They are. You've heard people that are mentally challenged. There's a lot of people got spiritually challenged. They don't seem to to know how to do nothing unless somebody coaches them or primes them. Never would raise a hand. Unless it wasn't somebody up front begging them or pleading them to do so. Never would leave that pew and step out in the aisle and just worship God and give God praise, hallelujah. Unless somebody, amen, gives them a push or a shove. That is the way the church in Sardis had got. Now there's a couple things that I want to share with you today, amen, about the situation some things that the Lord pointed out about this church in Sardis. The first thing is, he says, you've got a name and are alive. That's the first point. You've got a name and are alive. What in the world did Jesus mean by those two things? You've got a name and are alive. Well, having a name, that suggests notoriety. Come on. The church at Sardis had a great reputation. Their name was well known by people far and wide. Now, I mean, anywhere you go and you mention the church in Sardis, "Oh yeah, I know about that church. I've heard about it." Jesus said, "You got a name. You got something that's recognizable." Amen. I about other groups, no matter where you may be at. So they had gained some notoriety. We got churches today, amen, that are like that in this country that's got notoriety and they got a name. But they, do they have the truth? Is the Spirit of God moving within? You see, the fame possibly could have been the seed which caused her downfall. They got up and they had a name. They had this notoriety. And it's a good possibility that this name that they had, the notoriety they had, could have been the very small seed that could have led to her downfall. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 8 says this. I am the Lord. Hallelujah. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Hallelujah. Church, (coughs) we cannot let our name get above the name of Jesus the church in sardis had a name which kind of makes me think that they let the name go to their head it kind of makes me believe that they took more glory than what they should have took for what happened there god should always get the praise no matter what situation we you listen if you have a problem Glory, my Lord. Man, I've had illnesses. Amen. Illnesses were worse enough that I'd have to go to a doctor. And the doctor would prescribe something whatever. I would take a medication or whatever it may be. But you know what? When the situation subsides, I don't thank the doctor. I thank God. Hallelujah. I've seen people otherwise. Hallelujah. I've seen people healed of asthma, and they give the glory to the doctor for giving them the medication. Come on, somebody. You need to get your priorities straight. Hallelujah. Doctors can do some great things nowadays, but I guarantee you one man could not come up with the knowledge of himself to cut open the chest of an individual, pull their heart out, hold it in their hand and work on it and keep that person alive and put it back in there if it hadn't been for God. My Bible tells me that all knowledge and wisdom comes from above. Church in Sardis, let their name go to their head. They started taking the glory that belonged to God. We we made we made some statements. And I wasn't the only one. Several of the uh, of the others in our church during the time where we was without uh, a church home after we were searching for all kind of various ways, we finally realized and come up to the point of realization that God was going to do something in such a way where he would have to get to glory. Not one man. What we have today is all to God. There wasn't nobody who had the answer. Nobody come up with the answer. God said the answer, can you say amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Always give glory to God. Give the praise to him. Give the honor to him. He said, you got a name, you're alive. You know, it also suggests accomplishments. The congregation, no doubt, had experienced numerical growth. Church government and worship programs were developing in an impressive way. No doubt the wealth the city had, was known for, was a benefit to the church. We told you about all the wealth of Sardis, the city. It was the first place to begin to mint coins. And so when people got right with the Lord, came into the church, their tithes and offerings was put in, the church was blessed, and so they was able to accomplish a lot. They could build the best buildings. They could afford things other congregations could not afford. Just as wealth, listen to me now, just as wealth can ruin a man, it can also ruin a church. You get blessed naturally so much to where you start trust, trusting your wealth over God. Hallelujah. Uh, sometimes I think we all need to go back to the day, early days, amen, of, uh, of our church, a day when nobody in the church had health, you know, people argued about health insurance or whatever, and nobody had it back then, and nobody had no money to go to the doctor. They had no choice, Sister Hale and Brother Hale and all the rest of them. They had to trust God. Hallelujah. Uh, finance, you had, you had, you had to trust God when you needed food and needed groceries. You had, you had to trust God. You either trusted Him or you did without. But see, we've gotten, and I'm talking about lazy, we have gotten fat and lazy to where when it becomes too difficult to trust God, we fall back on our our bank accounts, we fall back on our ingenuity and our know-how, amen, and still trust in God. So, as we've seen it time and time again, when somebody comes into money It ruins them. It also can ruin a church. Now, the second point I'm not going to hold you too much longer, but I'm going to take you to the second point. He said you had a name and you're alive. And number two, he said you are dead. How in the world can something be alive but dead? How in the world can something have a name but dead? When you talk about them being dead, first of all, we're talking about something to be spiritually unconscious. Hello, somebody. I don't been in this thing too long now. I would not be satisfied, and I couldn't, I couldn't remain in a spiritually unconscious church. I need the move of the Holy Ghost. Maybe, maybe, maybe most of you have got it all together and you got it all, all the answers worked out. Well, I hadn't arrived there yet. And I need the Spirit of God in my life. I need I, I still need the Holy Ghost to, to move me sometimes. I need I need to have the spirit speak to me, but the church in Sardis had become spiritually unconscious. Now listen to me: if a patient in the hospital is being monitored for vital signs, and the heart stops beating, and they you know they uh, they got you all hooked up to the machines, and they can see your heart beating, uh, uh, the oxygen and level, and, and the pulse, and all that kind of stuff. Well, if you're in the hospital and, and they got, they got you constantly monitored with vital, for vital signs, if the heart stops, the nurse will page the doctor and say that the patient has flatlined. The church in Sardis had all the outward, they had all that outward uh, appearance of life. When in fact, she was spiritually flatlining. Come on, somebody. There was no spiritual consciousness. All mm, All their worship was ritual and hollow. Not having any life which comes only from the spirit. And the truth of the matter is, if you're not walking in the spirit, You are in the flesh. The Spirit is more important than just giving you goosebumps and making you feel jittery and feel good. If you are not walking in the Spirit of God, there's only one other way you can be walking, and it's in your flesh and by your flesh. That's why the Bible said if you're in the flesh, you can't what? Please God. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 5 through 9. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Hallelujah. You come into the house of God and if you're not walking in the Spirit, and you're part of the programming of the church, you're going you're gonna to set things up by your flesh rather than the Spirit of God. And so we get programs. We get hollow worship that don't have no depth and don't have no meaning, that don't have nothing like what we experienced around here a while ago. <coughs> Let's finish reading that. For to be... Verse 6 For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is it, uh, enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but what? In the spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You can't get much plainer than that, can you? It's necessary that we do whatever it takes to keep the Spirit of God flowing in our midst. Now, I've already mentioned this, and I talked about the city itself and how that city uh became apathetic and they didn't think nobody could get to them. <laughs> but the church became at the uh uh, uh uh they was filled and was not not aware of what was going on. They become apathetic. The congregation had a who cares attitude. Concerning what was happening around them. Like, follow me close today. I hope this past week that everyone in our congregation took the time to remember what happened in Las Vegas. Oh but brother Sammy, they call that place Sin City and they got all that gambling and all that stuff. I'm gonna tell you something. All those people affected by what happened in that shooting, they were souls. And if that situation didn't stir you, you might have started, you might have started need to check up on your relationship with God. If you didn't take time out, some kind of word to pray for the, the people who lost family and loved ones. You see, if we're not careful, we can become just like Sardis. We become apathetic and we get a who cares attitude. Nothing that goes on around them in the world affects them or takes they don't take notice to it. A who cares attitude concerning what's happening, they were spiritually apathetic. The nature of the city now, here it is: The nature of the city had infiltrated the church. Hallelujah. I told you how that city, well, I showed you the picture. And the nature of the people who lived in that city, they felt secure. They was in their comfort zone both times that the city, amen, was busted in on and taken. Some of you remember Brother Smith used to come preach to us from Indiana in the old building several times. He he developed cancer and uh, he's gone on. But all the messages I heard him preached, I uh, uh, remember one particular message he preached to us about getting out of your comfort zone. We don't like to talk about that. We like to feel comfortable. That's uh, why. You ever thought about this, why God every every now and then a lot of fire under your backsides because you're getting a little too comfy. Hello somebody. Hallelujah. The nature of the city had infiltrated the church. It's kind of like like what's going on now. We supposed we're supposed to be a light to the world and leading the world, but for the past 15 or 20 years the world's been leading the church. My Lord, some of the things I see today by the people and how much they have backed away, amen, uh, from, from worship and, how they, and, and and living for God and the life of holiness. I, I mean, sometimes I think the world's got some of us by a nose ring pulling us along. We're supposed to be changing them, not the other way around. How in the world can we affect the world when the world comes in here, and they say, well, we're we just like them out there. Hello? Amen. That's what happened to the church in Sardis. The attitude of the city infiltrated the church, and they got comfort. They become complacent. Let me tell you something. Complacency is a killer. Complacency is a killer. And it delivered a death blow to the church in Sardis. <laughs> I, I I remember. Uh, I don't watch it much no more. It, it just don't uh, don't uh, uh, it don't appeal to me like uh, like it did the days when old, old Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali was on there. <laughs> Hallelujah! I, I, I used to like like to watch them two just. Just get it out, you know, carry it on. But I can, I, out of back in those days, a lot of folks didn't like Ali because they thought he was so cocky. But he'd be up in that ring and dancing, uh, dancing around, you know, and he starts swinging that glove. He said, "Look out now! Here it comes! Get ready! <laughs> Hallelujah!" <laughs> Complacency has done that same thing and put a knockout blow on a lot of people in the church. Let me ask you a question. Has the devil got you down for the count? My, my. The church, mm, this just come across my spirit and I had to write this down. The church is no place for a lazy boy recliner and a remote control. You may enjoy your lazy boy, but do it at home. Keep it out of the kingdom. If you bring your lazy boy and your remote control into the kingdom of God, you're going to find yourself stretched out, getting all comfy, amen, dying spiritually and don't know it. You see, the people of Sardis, and, and get this, the people of Sardis still attended, attended church, but they were dead on the pews. What good was it mean being there? Hallelujah. Dead on the pew. Jesus told them, he said, you're going to have to do something. He said, you're going to have to repent. Therefore, if if you will not watch, I will come to you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come to you. Hallelujah. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life. That right there puts a death blow to this once saved, always saved stuff. Why would Jesus say, I will not blot your name out if it wasn't possible to do so? And that ain't the only place that is mentioned. If you remember Moses, when Moses was interceding for Israel because of their grave sin, Moses was praying to God And interceding for them, Moses says, Lord, forgive them their sin. But if you don't forgive them, blot my name also out of the book you've written. Maybe you need to look up Moses for your pastor. I don't know if I can pray that prayer or not. (coughs) Stop and think about that. That's some pretty serious stuff right there. But God spoke back to him. He said, And he who sins, his is the one whose name I'll blot out. Again, that would not be mentioned if it were not possible. So today, as I said, you know, this message kind of fell right in the day that, it, and I really, I guess I'm glad, but man, we, you know, the Spirit of God how it's moved today. But church, we gotta keep that spirit active. Hallelujah. We need we we need to keep prayer, amen, a vital part of the service. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's amazing when when we don't it's not pushed and it's not mentioned, you know, we get to where we get closer and closer all the time. To the, to the starting time of the service, amen, instead of coming uh, enough time to pray a little bit, amen. Uh, I There's been a lot of healings, a lot of deliverance, and a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost that was birthed in the prayer rooms before service. Amen. But admit to it, at least, at least admit to it, God, forgive me I've gotten spiritually lazy. Hallelujah. What's going on in the world today gives the church a perfect opportunity to take advantage. There are hurting people out there. There are people who need help. And the church needs to be the church. Step up to the plate. We got the truth. But we got to keep the presence of God and His Spirit moving active. Let's all stand together. Praise God. If anybody wants prayer today or needs prayer, really and truly, you should have got it a while ago. (laughs) Amen. How many knows the time to get in?